Pegging Sue by Kylie Gable and Claudia Costa. Pegging Sue is published by Candy Apple Press, copyright 2017, all rights reserved. The fog was creeping over Route 11 when Jared Hogan dropped off his girlfriend Nadine at her home on the outskirts of town. She was getting to be such a drag lately. He was a man, and he had needs. She should give in at least sometimes. Instead, she just turned him on and left him hanging. Once again, he was nursing a pair of blue balls. He grumbled as he pulled into the left lane to rush home and relieve his growing tension. In the distance, his headlights revealed a lithe figure hitchhiking. As he got closer, he slowed his Toyota and slipped into the right lane to take a better look. You just didn't see hitchhikers that much in Brookhaven anymore, and you never saw girls like this one. Jared slammed on the brakes and turned off the radio. He knew the hair metal station he listened to was not going to impress a girl like this. He eased to a stop about five feet from the young woman. She was a beautiful blonde girl, about 21, just like him. As Jared studied her more closely in the dim light, he realized that the way she was dressed was seriously out of date. Her honey-colored hair was in a ponytail, held in place by a large white ribbon. She wore a white cardigan sweater and a pink poodle skirt. Her feet sported a pair of pink pumps, but there was no hiding her figure or her face. Hey, my name is Jared, he called out through the passenger side window. Hop in. It's a nasty night out. I'll give you a lift. Thanks. I'm Sue, chirped the bubbly blonde, hopping inside and closing the door behind her. Are you coming from a Halloween party? Gosh, no, she replied. Do I look that ghastly? I'm coming from a dance. Heavens no, I think you look amazing. I mean, you're just dressed kind of old-fashioned. I guess so, she said. Fashion really isn't my thing, though I try to read fashion magazines whenever I'm at the beauty parlor. I'm the same way, said Jared. <laughs> Not about the beauty parlor, but the way I figure it. If it's comfortable, then wear it. You're funny, she said. I like that. Where am I taking you, asked Jared. Oh, just follow this road, then take a left. Jared liked this girl. She appeared lively and enthusiastic in a way that his girlfriend wasn't. She seemed really interested in what he had to say. Nadine didn't seem to care anymore. Sue certainly didn't give off a promiscuous vibe, but... Jared got the sense she'd do things to please her man. Not his girlfriend. Nadine had hardened fast limits that she wouldn't cross for any man. The fog had given way to the kind of autumn storm that only people in New England understand. It was a driving rain, but even worse, the wind felt like it was threatening to cut right through to your bones. Night had fallen hard, and only the headlights and the old wiper blades allowed the car to amble its way along the small old country roads that Sue was leading him down. It sure is a nasty night, said Jared. I'm so glad you came along, replied Sue. It probably wasn't very smart of me to storm off. From your boyfriend? 
Not any more, she replied. Do you have a girlfriend? No, lied Jared. If things worked out with Sue, maybe he'd upgrade from Nadine, he thought. Can you put on the radio? she asked him, moving in closer and snuggling against his body. Sure, but we can change the station, he said, putting on the radio and being astonished that there was no warrant or winger forthcoming. Instead, it was a 1950s rockabilly song. He was pretty sure the artist was Buddy Holly, but he didn't know enough to be sure. That's odd, said Jared. This is supposed to be a hair metal station. Well, I think I like this better, replied Sue. You like oldies, asked Jared. I don't really know what an oldie is. Music that's more than a couple months old, replied Jared. Turn left here. It's the third house on your right. The one with the nice porch? That's it, replied Sue. Jared pulled his car in front of the house, splashing most of a large puddle onto the front lawn. Wow, this storm keeps getting heavier and heavier, observed Jared. Why don't you come inside until it blows over? You shouldn't be driving in this kind of weather anyway. Jared would be the first to tell you driving through the rain was preferable to getting caught out in it, but he really wasn't thinking about that. He was eager to get to know Sue better, so he said, Sure, let's make a run for it. They sprinted out of the car and up to Sue's front porch. She did an admirable job of running in heels on wet pavement, but she fumbled for the keys. They both got drenched as they stood in the downpour before she finally threw open the front door and they rushed inside. We're soaked, declared Jared. I know, replied Sue. Why don't you put on a record and I'll slip into something more comfortable? A record? asked Jared. Yeah, the hi-fi is over in the corner. I've got a pretty big collection. Sure, said Jared. Sure enough, inside the polished wooden cabinet were a couple dozen records and fifty or sixty singles. He looked at the LPs and saw names like Bobby Darren, Chuck Berry, Buddy Holly, and Roy Orbison. He grabbed an Orbison record. It was called At the Rock House. It was nearly sixty years old. This girl sure had interesting taste in music. Jared listened to the music coming from the record. It wasn't really his cup of tea, but it wasn't unpleasant either. Plus, it was a love song, and that was probably a better idea right now than screaming guitars. He looked around the house and noticed the place looked strangely dated. There were magazines on the coffee table, and they were all from 1962. The pictures on the walls appeared to be of the same vintage, and the television looked like some kind of antique. Roy Orbison, that's a good choice, said Sue, emerging from the bathroom wearing a fluffy pink bathrobe. That was not what Jared had hoped she would change into, but it was a step in the right direction. We need to get you some dry clothes, too, she offered. I'm all right, replied Jared. Nonsense. You're shivering. I don't want you catching a cold on my account. And I'm sure I could find something that would fit you in the basement. Don't go away. Are you sure? Positive, she said as she practically skipped down the stairs. Jared was cold and wet. Maybe some dry clothes would be a good idea. He stood shivering in the living room, waiting for the strange girl to return. Then he sat on the couch and began flipping through the old magazines, but soon grew bored. He looked for the remote control to turn on the television, but couldn't find it. Finally, after twenty minutes, he made his way to the basement door. Standing at the top of the steps, he called down, Hey, did you find anything? The basement was dark. 
Only the lightning outside provided any kind of light. It didn't look like a finished basement, either. Jared listened at the top of the steps, but couldn't hear anyone. Sue? Are you down there? he called out, but received no response. Carefully, Jared descended into the basement. Hello? Anybody there? As the lightning struck again, Jared glimpsed what looked like a human figure standing in the corner of the basement. Sue? he called out while approaching. Jared caught sight of a single light bulb hanging from the ceiling and pulled down on the small chain connected to it. The bulb was only about a thirty watt, and it produced very little light, but it was still enough to see by. Getting a better look at the figure in the corner, he could see it was Sue from her pink bathrobe and ponytail. "'You scared me there,' said Jared. She turned around slowly. Her eyes appeared bright red in the dim light. Hanging from her waist was the largest strap-on dildo he had seen in his life. Jared stumbled backward. "'Hello, Jared. I've been waiting for you,' said Sue, her voice now coarse like sandpaper. "'You, you, you were going to find something to fit me,' stammered Jared. "'And so I have.' said Sue, motioning to her dildo. No, cried Jared, racing for the stairs, but she was on him before he took a couple of steps. She was supernaturally fast. When she caught him, she grabbed him and turned him to face her. She kissed him deeply on the lips and forced her tongue into his mouth. It felt cold and rough. As her mouth clamped on his, Jared could feel his breath being drawn from his lungs. He couldn't breathe, and he was growing weaker and weaker. Soon he'd passed out. Jared came too slowly. He was dressed in clothes just like Sue had been wearing when he picked her up. Pink poodle skirt, blouse, and a pink cardigan with pink pumps on his feet. He could feel a bra strap digging into his shoulders, and knew that his makeover had gone all the way down to his underwear. His face was heavily made up, and his hair had been put into a loose ponytail that was unmistakably feminine. His ankles were bound to the back legs of a sturdy wooden chair. He was bent over the back of the chair, and his wrists were tightly bound to the front legs. He struggled, but got nowhere. He was bound fast. Upstairs, he heard a new record starting up on the player. The volume was much louder, and would probably cover any screams he might make. He was pretty sure it was the same song he had heard coming from his radio earlier. Judging by the light outside, he had not been unconscious for very long. As he could hear the sound of Sue's heels on the wooden stairs, he pulled furiously on the ropes, but to no use. "'Hello, little darling. I hope I didn't keep you too long,' called out Sue. "'What are you doing? I don't like this,' complained Jared. "'Really? Aren't you the one who always wanted Nadine to be more sexually adventurous? Isn't this adventurous enough for you?' Oh, God, this isn't what I mean, protested Jared. Wait, how do you know Nadine? I know lots of things, chuckled Sue. She moved behind Jared. He could soon feel her smearing something cold on his ass. Oh, God, no, keep that thing out of my ass. Even as Jared protested, Sue was lining him up. His hole was still tight, and the 18-inch strap-on was roughly the size and the width of a forearm. For Jared, it felt like she was going right through him. He screamed out, which only made her laugh. It was a shrill cackle that sent chills through him like a dentist drill. She kept up a steady rhythm and rode him hard. He could feel her weight on his back, and he could feel her breath on the back of his neck. 
It wasn't warm like a person's breath should be. It felt like a cold November wind chilling its whole body. Despite his struggles, she had no trouble pounding away steadily, driving the whole dildo deeper and deeper into his ass. Almost mercifully, Jared finally passed out from the pain. Even as he was losing consciousness, he could hear Sue laughing. When Jared awoke, it was morning. He might have believed it was all a nightmare, except for he was still wearing the ridiculous old-fashioned feminine outfit. His poodle skirt had ridden up to his waist, exposing his panties. He was lying in the backyard of a derelict and abandoned house. Could that have been where he was last night? It certainly had looked much different back then. Climbing up to his feet, he suddenly became aware of just how opened up he'd been by the mysterious girl with the massive dildo. He wasn't even walking right anymore. The grass was moist and his heels sunk into the wet lawn. His car was gone, so he had no real choice but to attempt to walk home, or at least to the town center where he could try to get help. Jared took one last look at the house. It didn't look anything like he remembered from last night. Surely he would have remembered if the front stairs were so torn up. He raced up them in the pouring rain, after all. It was just before seven in the morning by now, and it was kind of cold. His sheer silky stockings did little to shield Jared's legs from the cold autumn wind. Sue had led him down several old roads, and even though Brookhaven wasn't very large, he felt thoroughly lost. He was pretty sure that walking west would eventually take him back to town. He had only walked a few blocks when he'd heard a police car siren behind him. He stopped and turned to look at the car, which was pulling over behind him. "'Are you all right, miss?' asked the officer. Colleen Tracy, according to her name tag, as she stepped out of the cruiser. Jared stood there mute as Officer Tracy moved in for a closer look. "'Sir, are you all right?' "'I think so,' he replied reflexively. "'I stopped you because you looked like you were in distress. Are you getting back from a Halloween party?' asked Officer Tracy. "'No, I was assaulted and dressed like this,' he replied. "'Get in my car,' she said. "'We need to get you checked out for any injury. What happened?' It was a very attractive blonde woman. I can show you the house where I was assaulted. I don't think that'll be necessary, said Officer Tracy. Why not? Between you and me, I'm assuming the house is old and abandoned? Well, yeah, it is. And I assume that if we go there, we won't find any evidence of a crime being committed there? I couldn't say. You picked the woman up last night. She was hitchhiking? He nodded. That's Pegging Sue, explained Officer Tracy. She's been a local legend around here since the early 1960s. Unfortunately, we get two or three cases like yours every year, and one of them happens around Halloween. I guess that's you this year. Oh, crap, she did say her name was Sue, replied Jared. I won't lie to you, said Officer Tracy. I'll investigate, but I very much doubt we'll find anything. You've been the victim of unearthly events. You were assaulted by Pegging Sue. So that's it? There's not much we can do about ghosts, spirit, and evil entities, I'm afraid, replied Officer Tracy. My advice to you would be to forget about it, if you can. If you want counseling, I can give you a number. Jared nodded, but in his heart he knew that he would probably never be the same. How does one encounter a creature like that and ever forget about it? That was Pegging Sue from Night of the Cat, a Halloween-themed collection of forced feminization erotica, which you can find on Amazon. 
Also in the description for this podcast, I'll have a link to where you can get a copy of this recording. Um, I wrote the story, and the recording was done by Mistress DJ, a great friend of Candy Apple Press, who also did the audio on Camp Femdom in one of our previous episodes. You can find more uh, audios and other goodies from Mistress DJ at mistressdj.com. We at Candy Apple Press appreciate you listening to the podcast. If you're enjoying it, please drop us a dollar or two or click on a link and buy something. Just show your support. Um, Getting high-quality narrators to do audio stories, even with content I've already written, isn't easy. Usually people want to get paid for their work, and if you would like to continue to hear these stories read by very, very talented voice actresses and, and not by me then please contribute. Next week, I expect we will have a story from Diane Calloway, which she not only is doing the voiceover on, but also wrote, called Feminized by His Fiance. Um, It's the first part of a five-part series, and uh, it's an excellent story. I think you'll enjoy it. And then after that, who knows? I have a couple ideas. But thank you for listening, and I will see you next week.